Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Busy Living So Busy Living So Hi. Hi. Good morning. It's episode 210. Wow. 210 episodes. What the heck is that? It's craziness That's today in the house. It's a lot. It's a lot. What? It's a long time. It's a long, long time. One episode at a time. Look where you're getting to. Hey, dude, it's like one day at a time. Let's just face it. It's just one day at a time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we are, one day at a time. And um, you look dapper. Look, I we're look on... like I just rolled out of bed. Maybe I did. We're on opposite sides today. Look at that. We can change. About that. We can be. What is that word? Malleable. Is sure. That, is that what it means? Bendable, flexible. Flexible, bendable, that flexible. Would be malleable, yeah. Malleable. I like that word. Mm-hmm. It makes one. me feel art when I use these words. You sound words. smart when you use that word. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm malleable. Malleable. I can't even say it now. <laughs> oh my god. Mm-hmm. So here we are today. It's a good day. The sun's shining. Somewhere in the world, it is here. Absolutely. It's the sunshine state, so it really is sunny all the time. It feels like I'm ready for rain. I see that it's raining in other places, and I'm like, oh, I wish it was raining here. And then when you're in some place. And when when it's raining, you're like, I wish it were sunny. It always rains. I know. It's so crazy. (laughs) It's like, what? I mean, it's like craziness, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, what we don't have, we want. The grass is always greener, right? Always. Always. Yeah. So annoying. Uh Uh-huh. So annoying to be human. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy. It's yeah. worse when you get to know how you're feeling. You're like, I don't like this feeling. So I'm gonna change it. Yeah, what was grateful. that somebody said this morning about um was it just existing? Is that what she said? Yeah. Existing is being doing something. Right. Existing and is just doing and something. being happy with it. Being happy with existing. Being happy with existing. That's so that hard. Means, that means being happy with where you are right here, right now. Right now. Right. And when right you're now. when you are right here right now that's when you're the happiest at least i am anyway that's when i'm the happiest i'm like this feels good yeah sign me up and then right away we're like (sighs) but i wish it was raining (laughs) (laughs) i wish it was raining it's um so we're on part two of step three and i I, i'm gonna say this just from the get-go i could say that step three i could talk about for probably weeks years years been talking about it for years. Think about years. it. I talk about it all the time. It's the yeah. hardest one for me. It's mm-hmm. the one I have to do the most. It's like, I feel like if I do number one, and obviously I'm powerless over alcohol, I don't pick up a drink. That's like really number one. Okay, I don't pick up a drink. Number two was kind of easy because I believed in God and I believed he could, re- well, at first, I, once I was convinced that I was not a nut job and that I'm crazy, mm-hmm. that was good. And then realizing that, um, the three is the one that I have to work on each day. I don't work on, I don't, I haven't wanted to drink in a really long time. Thank you, God. If you're out there, pray for it. It happens. Yeah, it does. Cause um, just to share a little personal thing on one thing that it's not about drinking, but it's about smoking. Cause smoking cigarettes is one of my huge vices. And I quit six days ago, but I think it's been six days. I don't even know how many days it's been. Mm-hmm. Do you? No. Okay, I have I no I don't idea. Count your days. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't count my days. I don't count my days. Uh-huh. But it's kind of like the drinking thing. I just really have turned it over and I'm just doing it one day at a time. One day at a time. I've been praying and praying and praying, God, please take away this obsession to smoke. 
and um, I'd pray on it every day I, for so long. And during COVID, I started smoking a lot more than I had ever smoked in a really long time. And it was very uncomfortable. I did not like smoking. Um, I hated it, in fact. And so I'd pray for it and pray for it. And it's I, and the obsession has gone away. I haven't wanted to smoke. I mean, there are times during the day that it'll come like, oh, my God, I wish I could have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. But um, I haven't done it. I haven't picked it up. And it feels kind of crazy. Um, they say this too shall pass. Is that the truth? It's, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not going to say for the, I, I can't say what's going to happen next week. I can't even say what's going to happen no, tomorrow. I mean, I'm in, just the, like, in those moments when you want to have a cigarette. Well, when I have those, right? well, I have, I do like this thing. I, I breathe mm -hmm. when it comes up. I just go. And um, I've been doing a lot of meditating, which I do anyway, but I did, I'm doing this meditation and um, I'm Deepak Chopra, who I just love, it has his has his own um, has his own app now. He's had an app for a, he had an Oprah app for a long time, but now he has his own app and he has his own meditations on there. And he's so I'm doing one. I'm going to tell you guys what it's called because I think I have it on here. It's called um, oh I'm going to find it. I'll find it. I promise everybody. Maybe I won't find it. Maybe I won't because it's not going to be on here. Oh, it's not. I don't have it on here. I only have the Oprah one. But it's one on grace and gratitude. And I never knew that they were related, the grace and the gratitude. But gratitude was something that my sponsor, my fearless, what do you call them? My travel, my fellow travelers started talking about from when the minute I got sober was that gratitude and that attitude of gratitude. And um, that gratitude I didn't realize was grace. Mm. Having gratitude is- Explain that to me. Grace. If you're living in the state of gratitude, like I'm so grateful that it is sunny out. I'm mm -hmm. so grateful that I can watch birds go by. I love birds, hearing the birds. I, you know, um, I love seeing the water right now, like rippling on the bottom of that boat. I love seeing um, flowers. I love, like, I'm grateful for all of that. For a long time during my addiction, I, I, I didn't see anything, right? I didn't see anything. I saw um, nothing. Right, because mm -hmm. I was too busy worrying about when am I going to get my next drink? When am I going to get my next drink? When am I going to get my next drink? So when you're in that state, it's like, all right, I'm um, I'm so focused on the future that I can't recognize what's going on right now. Yep. So if I can live in gratitude, I can live in grace. Gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I walk my dogs a lot. And I, when I walk my dogs, I love to look at what I see along the way. Cause there's always something new and different to see if you're like, at least for me, and there's so many different shades of green outside and getting out of myself really sometimes it's just looking and seeing what I see around me. I'm like, okay, I saw grass and there's like all different colors of grass. And then I see trees and there's all different colors of trees. And then you see bushes and there's all different colors of bushes and there's, um, it's just, there's so much around me that I missed, that I took for granted, that are mother nature's gifts. And um, being able to recognize what I see and being able to, and so I say to myself outside, oh my God, look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, God, for that. It makes it an action. It does. So what do you do? I have a question because it's sort of pertinent, I think, to our, our conversations on step three. So what do you do when like God puts something in your life that you don't want or a person that you don't like, or, you know, in a situation that doesn't go the way you want it to go? Like, how do you get, 
Like, how do you handle that in terms of gratitude? I'm very curious to, in terms of gratitude. How do you handle that? I'm going to tell you, because I'm a bad reactor. And I'm just going to point that out. I'm a bad reactor. I don't react very well in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So when somebody does something to me or something, I don't react at that moment. I don't, unless it's really bad. Mm -hmm. Or it has to do with my kids. If it has to do with my kids, I probably am flippant. Mm -hmm. um, another big word, flippant. But my reactions, it's afterwards. And if something happens that I am not happy about, I'm a very big person that walks away. I walk away a lot. I walk away with, from relationships because if something happens that's just not kosher, which means it's not good, if you don't know what, like if it's, if it's not, it doesn't sit well with me. If there's a person that has wronged me, I'm not going to like give them 800 chances to wrong me again. I'm like done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And what am I grateful for in the end of that? Like I always am grateful for, oh my gosh, I got an opportunity to see how this person works. I got an opportunity to realize what I don't want in my life mm -hmm. and what I do want in my life. So that's where I get the gratitude. Because I think that people come into our lives for reasons. They, they come in for a season and they leave for a reason. Um, I feel like situations come and I, if I can find one glimmer of hope, even in some of the shittiest relationships I've been in where I felt totally taken advantage of, I can in the end be like, well, you know, I, I went and I, I tried something that I never would have tried. I had a relationship with a person that I never thought I would have a relationship with. And I had a relationship with them and a friendship with them and it didn't work out. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. But the reality is, is that it's okay. And I don't need to, um, I don't have to, to like character her, her, assassinate the other person as much as I have to realize, like, I don't want that in my life though. I don't want that in my life. Like I'm like 52 now. I, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that in my life. And God's like, it's okay, Elizabeth. It's very interesting. There's this saying that my, my, again, my fellow traveler said to me, and I don't, most of my thoughts are not original. So I, I always have to put that out there. I don't have original thoughts all the time. So she said to me, I think it was her, or somebody said to me, or I heard it or read about it or whatever, you know, when God, when Jesus Christ was walking the earth, right? He went and he saw people and he would talk to them. And even if they didn't want to listen, he, he would give them a pearl of wisdom, mm -hmm. right? And then he'd keep going and he would say, they don't have to take the pearl, but it's left there if they want it. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's like, I you look at every relationship that I've had in my life and out of some things, good things have happened. Some things, bad things have happened. And I've walked away. Um, I feel blessed and I have, that I've had a bunch of friends for that I've had my, since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we drive each other crazies and we don't talk to each other for a little bit, but we always end up getting back together and talking, but it's, um, it's letting go. It really is that letting go and knowing like if I have somebody in my life that's only been here for a little bit and it doesn't work out, I'm like, yeah, I don't need to invest much more time in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just because I have these relationships I've had my whole life. Gotcha. I like that. Thanks. And how do you handle, what about situations that happen? Like what? Like, give me an example. Um, well, here's, I mean, this has happened over and over again. What about when somebody you love dies? Okay, that's a hard one. So I'm going to say this. I have, but let's talk about them because they're here right now. You just brought them here. So I believe that in this is, um, and it might be angelic. It might be Tinkerbell thinking, um, Santa Claus thinking. So um, I've lost three of my closest friends. Mm 
-hmm. So I had a friend named Joe who was in my life for a really long time and we were really good friends. And uh, he died in 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 a car accident. And when he died, I remembered that I was, I was on a train going into New York city. I was 40 something years old because he's been gone for a while. And um, I remember that feeling like your wind has been taken out of you. You're just Mm -hmm. like somebody punched, like somebody, and it's not like I've been sucker punched a bunch of times in my life, but it does feel like somebody ran up to you and just went boom in your stomach. And you're like, fuck, that hurts. Mm -hmm. That hurts. And um, it hurts so much. It hurts so much. It's devastating. Oh my God, it's horrible. Horrible, mm-hmm. horrible, 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 horrible. So he died and that was really, really bad. And and then my closest friend, Nadinia, she was killed in Honduras. And I had been at a meeting. I was actually at an AA meeting and somebody called me and said, or texted me and said, is Nadinia gone? And I'm like, no, no, no. And I got on the phone with family members and it was true. And I, again, I was in a, I was in, I was in a field underneath power lines mm-hmm. and it was like rainy out when they called and told me. Anyway, again, that felt like holy shit, but this is a thing for me. So how I deal with this, and then I'm going to talk about Will and I talk about Will all the time and Will passed away um, two years ago and mm-hmm. um, he was 41 and he died. In it. But so where I feel about these people that have come in my life and have gone and um so I was raised Catholic. So I was raised to believe that there's this thing called heaven and um, I'm Christian. So I believe in heaven big time. Um, I, I believe heaven is this beautiful place. I believe that my friends are all there. And so I believe that God has a better plan for them mm-hmm. than I could have ever. And they had their time on earth and it was time to go. And I walked through the pain and I missed them, mm-hmm. but it's kind of interesting because the crazy thing is Nadine and I never really lived in the same city again after we were in college. And so she always lived in down in the islands, right? She lived, right. Or she was in California, whatever. She was all over the place. And the crazy thing is that I remember and talking about smoking, getting back to smoking. So I used to smoke one cigarette a night, every night. And I never wanted it anymore. I'd smoke one cigarette at night. I'd put my kids to bed and I'd smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And I've been friends with Nadine since we were in our, you know, since I was 18. So I, I'm outside and I would go outside. So I, with my kids, she was, Heather, her cousin was with me when I found out I was pregnant with Ken. It's crazy. But anyway, so these people were always in my life, but we never lived under, like a lot of my closest friends, I don't live in the same city as my closest friends, mm-hmm. right? My closest friends live all over the world and all, well, all over the U.S. Not all over the world. I mean, all over, they're all over. So, um, and so my big thing was always, I go outside at night and I'd have that cigarette and I'd sit outside and I remember, and I would sit out on my back patio. And at one time my back patio was like teeny and then JFK and our life was a beautiful patio, but I've always gone out there and I do it here as well. And I would go outside and I'd sit in a chair and I'd look up at the stars and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I know that my friends are underneath these same stars somewhere, mm. right? Mm-hmm. They're underneath those stars somewhere. I don't know where they are, but they're somewhere underneath those stars and we're all underneath this and we all have the same moon and we're all underneath here. And I would just send them love through the star. I would just say a little prayer, say I'm sending you love through the stars. I would just say it underneath my breath. Mm-hmm. I've never told anybody that I do this. This is kind of where that I'm admitting this. Um, but I've always done that. 
That's really nice. It's really been, um, and so when they passed, um, God, I love them so much. I love them. They're with me at all times. Like I, I've heard people say that, you know, when somebody dies, they're dead as long as you don't talk about them. Like for me, I still have memories. I can hear them. Mm -hmm. I have voicemails from all these people. I don't have a voicemail, Joe, but um, I do have old photos and all that. Um, and I've, I have, um, I do have voicemails from Nadine and from, um, from Will, and I have photos from them too. And it just, if they're in my heart and I think about them. So Nadine is a lot of times a ladybug and Will's a lot of times a butterfly. So they happen to fly around sometimes, especially mm -hmm. when we live in the sunshine state. So when I'm playing golf, they'll show up. I'll talk to them when I'm, when I'm about to hit a golf ball. Um, it is remarkable how they show up from time to time. They show up all the time, mm -hmm. all the time in the craziest spots, but because I'm sober, I can notice that because I'm in the present moment and I'm looking around, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a ladybug. Mm -hmm. There's Nadine, she just came and saw me again. Um, but this is all, um, it just helps me. It helps me because life isn't easy and we're living through a pandemic. It sucks, it sucks. And there's a lot of fear. And then we've got this election going on, which is another thing, which is just ridiculous. But I did hear a good thing about that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share this. I don't know if people agree with it, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, I have another friend that said to me, she goes, I believe that God, well, I know that they say the queen of England, right? The queen of England was picked by God. That's why the queen of England, if you don't know this, the queen of England is in just the same position as the, as bishops and like higher, like she is just like the highest. Episode. It's her church. Yeah. It's her church. She's the head of the Episcopal church. It's her thing. Mm -hmm. And she was picked by God to have that role. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this person said, why don't we think that God has a plan to who's going to be the president of the United States? Mm -hmm. I like that idea. So whatever's going to happen, God already has a plan. So if I trust in that, then it makes it so much easier. Like, okay. I mean, we have to vote and do what we think is going to happen, but, at a, what, but whatever happens, no matter who it is that is chosen by the people, we respect and we love. So, and here's my, here's my question with all this. So these things happen, you find gratitude and is your gratitude, do you think you find that because you, you are able to get to that place to say like, God has a plan. I don't have the plan and his plan is his plan. And it doesn't matter what I want. It only matters what he wants. So I can be grateful for whatever happens, you know, if I'm existing and in, in, if I'm truly turning my life and my will over the care of God, is, is that helpful? Is that how you kind of go about it? Was that like, yeah, it's really hard though. It's really hard. This is hard. It's like takes work. I, and they say that getting sober is easy. It is easy, but, well, and this is work that means that I had to work. So I remember when people, when I read, They'd be like, you have to turn your will and your life over to the care of God, as you understand it. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, you want me to turn my will over? Okay, my will. Now you want me to turn my kids? My kids were little. My mm -hmm. kids were little. I was like, you want me to turn my kids over too? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That was, um. that's been hard. That is hard wasn't well, hard, hard for me it's hard to let go of control right oh my god of my kids for sure yeah i mean i and people always say to me all the time god you're so lucky your kids have turned out the way they did and i'm like yeah there wasn't much luck that had to do with it um i believe that children like pets like we all need to have our parameters right so when my kids were younger it was always like we went to bed at the same time we ate dinner at the same time it was kind of like it was very uh 
Forrest Gump-like in my life, right? Mm -hmm. It was very like, we just, we, we went to church every Sunday. We, um, we did the same things all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I think and, that's called healthy boundaries, right? Yeah. Well, it, it, I had no healthy boundaries in relationships, but I had healthy boundaries with my kids and what they were doing all the mm -hmm. time. So we did that. And, um, and one of my biggest things that I say that, that was beneficial for me when I was raising my children was that I, if I said no, it meant no. Even though now they'll say, oh, we got away with stuff, mom, all the time. I, I'm like, well, you might have gotten away with some stuff. I know you didn't get away with everything because I wouldn't have spent so much time putting you in timeout and hearing that I'm the worst mother in the world. And um, following through with that. So the, I, I could not let go of control of them and set, making sure the boundaries were there and making sure that I did what I said I was going to do. So if you didn't do what I said that you were supposed to do, there was a repercussion. And, be, and it wasn't because I didn't like them or I was angry or anything like that, but there were things that they could have gotten hurt with. And kids going to kids in high school is hard. It's a hard, it's a really hard time. Mm -hmm. Middle school can be hard too. Um, not in fifth grade or sixth grade, as much as like seventh grade and eighth grade, it's, they start to get their own, their own wills, their own, um, they want to experiment with things. And that's when drugs and alcohol, like I was 13 when I picked up. Right. So, um, knowing that I was so young that when I picked up drinking for my kids and I wish, and I, and I say this all the time and it, it, it is what it is and it's time and everything else. And it's, you know, I came up with sober, not ashamed and busy. That was first was sober, not ashamed and then busy living sober. But what, why it transpired and why I feel it's so relevant is it because I had alcoholism and my grandmother said alcoholism and I would hear my parents talk about their alcoholism, but never as something that like, it, if you get this, there's a solution to it. It was like, no, it was like horrible. You're going to be stuck with this for the rest of your life. Now you're an alcoholic, you're a horrible person. It had such horrible connotations with mm -hmm. it, right? <clears throat> so I wish I'd known that I could have caught this. Now, would it have had a different, I don't know if I would have had a different ending as it had and that I had to get sober, but being aware of it and realizing you could get help and you could change would have given me hope. I, I don't know, but with my kids, I'm, I, so I never knew that there was, I knew you were drunk. People talk badly about you and there was no solution. Right. You didn't know you there was a solution. No, there was no solution. You mm -hmm. died a drunk. That's just what it was. That's mm -hmm. how I was raised. And the family had to just deal yeah, with you. Yeah, exactly. And so our, hence my family's it's just whatever. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's, uh, but with my kids, it was very important when they started to experiment and I knew what they were doing. Um, I just, I knew it. I, I knew what they were doing and because I knew my kids and I had a pulse on what was going on and it was horrible because I knew what was going on. And I, my own, of course they'd be grounded and then I have to watch them and then you can't go out. I couldn't go out. Nothing could go out. Right. I'd have to stay there and watch them. And it was like, it was exhausting. And, um, but I would say to them all the time, do you realize that the chances of you being an alcoholic are better than not? Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, your dad's an alcoholic, your mom's an alcoholic. So the chances of you being an alcoholic are better than not. So once you become a pickle, you can't become a cucumber. Mm, love that saying. And they'd listen to me and I'd be like, so do you see, and fortunately, fortunately they've seen people in active addiction their whole lives. So they, because mm -hmm. everybody, every kid in America, I think it's seen somebody that they sure. know. Every, is an active every family addiction. has somebody. Yeah. And you, you know, somebody's an active addiction. Mm -hmm. So you're like, 
oh my God, I have somebody in active addiction. I said, do you see what happens when you're in active addiction? What happens? And so they'd see it and I'd say, do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. And their answer nine out of 10 times was no, no I really don't want to have a life like that. Good. No, that doesn't look good. No. no, they're sitting on the couch. They're not doing anything in their lives or nothing. And oh my gosh, that doesn't look like fun. Mm-hmm. So I said, so be aware that genetically, this has nothing to do with willpower. It has nothing to do with anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, for so long, I thought people were like, can't you just have one drink? And I was like, well, it has nothing to do with the one drink. I have one drink. It goes back to step one. I I have an allergy. Right. I have an allergy. My family had an allergy. I got passed down the allergy. So when I drank one, I was off to the races because that craving, that phenomenon of craving that they described, mm-hmm. I got that. And I was just like, and went off. And then realizing that all with my kids, I just needed to, I needed to tell them what was up and then let go. And then I might take my reins back again and then I'd let go. It's kind of like one of those leashes, you know, that they have on dogs. Right. You have those dogs, the leashes, and then you push the button and the dog comes running back. And a big part of that too is like, is, uh, you know, you don't, if you don't give somebody the opportunity to, you know, to learn how to swim, they'll never learn how to swim. Right. But you have to be there to make sure they don't drown. Right. So I could, I had the leash with the button. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, you can go try to, okay, I can see you're starting to get, let's mm-hmm. come back now. Uh-huh. And um, it was exhausting. That was exhausting. So my letting go of them was the little bit of leash. Right. But then I'd have to pull back. Mm-hmm. And um, I think once they went to college and for me, High, graduating from high school was the, my like if you were going to say a destination I was looking to get was like all three of them graduating mm-hmm. because at that point they were 18 they were legally adults and it was getting to that place and knowing okay I, we've maintained because it's hard there's so many things my kids would be like mom everybody smokes pot in high school everybody drinks in high school and I'd be like oh my god I don't care that everybody does that if everybody jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge mm-hmm. And then they'd be like, well, I want to go out and you'd have to trust them. And that would be like letting go. I'd have to be like, all right, I have to let them go. And I luckily talked to, I have a girlfriend, a dear, dear, dear friend. I talked to the whole entire time and she has kids the same age as mine. And I'd be like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? And she'd be like, all right, we have to let go. And if they call us, we'll be ready to go get them and whatever. And, um, but that was really letting go. Mm -hmm. That was really letting go. And then when they go to college and mine have all gone to college far away from me. So, um, just letting go, letting go all the time. Because if you sit here and you go down, at least my alcoholic brain will go like, okay, I let them go. I know they're going to fraternity party. Um, what's going to happen there? Right. And I can say this because after the fact, I hear all the stories because then the kids come back home and they tell you all these stories once they're a little bit older and you can't mm-hmm. get upset about it or anything else. And then you hear stories like, I remember my oldest said, Oh my God, mom, I went to a party and they were handing out handles of vodka. So big handles of vodka. And he's been a big kid his whole life. Like he's always been a big kid. And he's like, and I drank it and I blacked out. I -hmm. never blacked out before my life. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is, is that I said to him like, well, why didn't you go into the bathroom and pour out the vodka and fill it with water? Because it looks like the same exact thing. And he looked at me like, what? Um, they don't think about those things. Nope. No, because it's they, life they experience learn. and it's they life learn. experience and it's letting go. It's letting go because he learned, he learned, he learned. And right. you know, what, what he's successful, whatever. You gave him the opportunity right, right to learn. Now. I gave him the attorney and that's because I kept letting, being able to let go more and more. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I still, if I'm not in a good way, I, you know, I have all my kids on find my friends because that was a big, that's my deal. Like if you're going to have a cell phone, I'm going to know where you are. And um, they'd say, ah. and now luckily we still pay for some of their cell phones so we can watch them. Um, we have other kids that wouldn't let us do that, but my kids will let me do that. And um, so being able to know where they are, if I'm sometimes feeling crazy in the middle of the night, I might look at it and be like, okay, where are they? Mm-hmm. Are they okay? Are they okay? <laughs> But I have to let go again. And I think that one of the biggest experiences, and I think we talked about it last week, was the, the missile, ballistic missile coming. Right. Yeah. That was a big let go. Big let go. Yeah. I don't know if we did talk about it. I think we did. We have in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think with this election and with this COVID, I think it's totally letting go. Oh, absolutely. Because um, you got to figure that, um, you know, I mean, we both believe that. It's God's world. He has a plan. And, uh, you know, all this stuff is going on in God's world. So, you know, who am I to, who am I to complain about it? I have to find, I have to find the good. I mean, I ha- that's my job. You say you would talk about gratitude and the thing about gratitude is like, I can be instantly grateful about anything if I want to be, because that's how gratitude works is I just say, I'm going to be grateful for that. You know, instead of being, I'm going to be pissed off or, I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be grateful for that. I can do that if I want to. Not to say that I do it all the time. And, you know, and there's a lot of things that you say, well, you know, why I stub my toe. Why should I be grateful? Well, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. You know, I mean, some, some things are obviously are a little more obvious to me. You know, when I get stuck in traffic, I really believe, oh, I'm just, there's, there was probably some trouble up the road that I'm being saved from. So, you know, it's much better off for me to sit here in my car for an hour than it's going to be for me to go sit in a hospital room for nine months because I've been in a terrible accident. So I get that, you know, I'm fine with that. It's it's like the smaller things that drive me nuts, right? Like the big picture stuff. Right. I mean, yeah, COVID, you get sick and tired of COVID, but it is what it is. And, you know, we learned how to, uh, we learned how to live with it the best we could. And, you know, the one silver lining we did get out of it was we got to spend some more time with uh, people that we love. So that was a bonus that we wouldn't have had. Right. And then we learned some stuff from there and, you know, we're still dealing with it and, you know, it's, it's like, it's out there. It's back. I guess that's like kind of like back constant background noise. Right. And you have to, uh, you just have to make a decision. Like, what are you going to do with that background? noise? am I going to tune it out or am I going to tune it in? And you and I have, I think I've both gotten pretty good at, you know, with background noises, tuning it out when we want to. Every now and then you get sucked in, but just tune it out. You don't have to worry about it, right? I mean, my day is going to happen, COVID or no COVID. I have to get up and, and do what I have to do throughout the day. And, uh, you know, and, and so my gratitude is like, you know, I'm grateful that I get to have the opportunity to do what I need to do throughout the day, you know, no matter what. It's a, it's a great thing. And yeah. I love, that's why I love talking about gratitude. And that's why it's a, for me, it's a constant battle between what I, my judgment is always tells me what's good and what's bad of what's going on out there. It's always my judgment because it's truly not good or bad, whatever goes on out there. It's just things that are happening. And, and my judgment is, it's not that great, you know, cause I'm not God. 
Um, and I don't know, and I don't know why. Maybe this is happening now because it's gonna because something wonderful is gonna happen in five minutes or five thousand years. I have no idea, right? Uh, but if I'm if I can find any humility, not an easy task for people like me or like us, right? But if I can find any humility at all, I can just say, okay, this is going on, and uh, I don't know why, and I don't need to know why, and I can just be grateful that I have, you know, what I have. Um, and and let it be God's will, but it's a it's a it's a constant battle. Well, I'm going to just say, and not to interrupt, did I interrupt? No, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to say, um, so this what's going on in the world, and I'm just going to talk about. I haven't done this yet, and I, and and I'm not going to tell anybody my political views whatsoever from this, but I'm just going to tell you what how I'm dealing with this because I have so many people that are like, I just watch the news, I watch the news. That's what I do is watch the news, and I'm like, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, why do you watch the news? not to take the lord's name in vain but why do you watch the news so much because i believe that um you know i'm sober i've lived in hell i know what it's like to wake up in the morning and go i don't remember one thing i did last night i don't know where my car is i don't know what's going on i have no idea and that to me was hell on earth That's right terrible, like yeah. i know it was horrible mm -hmm. and hating myself like i did it again i did it again i did it again i got myself in this situation i don't remember what i did i know i probably said a lot of things i shouldn't have said and so that was hell. Mm -hmm. I feel like the way this world is today, it's like hell. If you sit there and decide to watch all these bobbing heads go, and they're all negative and they're all pulling you down and they're all giving you their opinion on this one. Be scared about this one. Be scared about that one. Be scared about this. Be scared about that. You want to go jump on and you want to be scared. Watch TV, mm -hmm. watch TV, watch the news because it's not the news it's not tom brokaw that we grew up that i grew up with it's not that at all it's not barbara walters it's a bunch of big heads that just talk bunch of bullshit if you ask my i'm sorry i said that word bs a bunch of bs and um <laughs> i think that like covid's happening in the entire world there's so many heads of states that have had covid like nobody talks about that they just talk about it's just like fear it's all fear fear mm -hmm. fear 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 so if i believe in my heart that God is going to figure out what's going to even happen with the presidency. I do believe that. If I believe that, then I can let go to not even have to watch the news. I don't know. I can watch the Weather Channel. I love watching the Weather Channel. Mm -hmm. The Weather Channel is where it's at. And there's something that we truly have no control we over. We have no control over. And I sit here and I watch it and I'm just like, okay, but I can watch the Weather Channel. I'm going to watch the Weather Channel because mm -hmm. at least it doesn't, it, I mean, maybe you get scared if there is a hurricane coming towards you and you have, and I feel terrible for the people in Louisiana um, that just had one. Um, Delta, I think again. it's called. Yeah, another one is terrible. Yeah. So terrible. But that's like real. I mean, this other stuff is just noise and I just can't listen to it anymore. So I want to live in my little bliss. I've already been to hell. I'm sober today. I want to, I want to, I want to realize I'm powerless over all this stuff mm -hmm. that there is a God. It's not me. Happy, joyous, and free, they say. Happy, joyous, and free. And, and the, then the I biggest wanna... thing I can be free from is me, right? Exactly, me. I got to get myself out of there. And if I watch things that make me go cuckoo in my head, I maybe should stop watching them. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I just think that might be a good thing. Um, you know, it's um, it's me, it's my head, it's my will, it's my everything. And when I decide to just let go, it's every day though. It's every day. It's every, every, every day. Every it's day. every day. It's mm -hmm. every day. And if I go to that gratitude instead, 
and I just get to where I am right now, which takes practice. This does not happen overnight. I'm just going to tell you, it does not happen overnight unless maybe you're a guru or something. I don't know. I haven't met anybody that's happened overnight. It took me a long time to get here, but I'm just saying that if you practice these things, like the gratitude in the very beginning, I just practice gratitude and just being grateful to be able to breathe. Because mm -hmm. everybody that's listening to this is breathing. Yeah. Can we ever think about that? Not really, no. No. If you Everybody's do start thinking about it, it'll make you nuts. Right. Everybody <laughs> who's listening to me right now is breathing. Mm -hmm. Wow. I can be grateful that I'm breathing. You can. That's awesome. I'm breathing. I'm alive. Thank you. That's right. Sitting in a comfortable chair in a nice house. It's all good. Yeah. And if, even if you're sitting in an uncomfortable chair right now, or you're sitting on an uncomfortable bench and you're listening to this, at least you're sitting. Or maybe you're standing, maybe you're, this, you're exercising to this. I, I, there was somebody who wrote to me who said she's, and I want to say she's still out there and she got off heroin. She said she's been listening to Busy Living Sober and she just walks and walks and walks and walks and walks and she's just gotten up to, she couldn't walk in the very beginning and now she's walking miles. And mm. if she's still listening, we're thinking of you. Mwah. And um, we love getting letters, don't we? I sure. love getting Absolutely. letters. He doesn't really get them. I get them. She but, reads um, them to me and I'm always moved and touched. Yeah, so keep and, them um, coming. Keep them coming right to us, mm -hmm. right to us at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. That's the U-S-Y. And um, I think that felt good about the third step. I feel yeah. good. Do you think we've covered it? I think we have. I think we've covered it. I know that there's probably way more questions and way more we could go on and on and on. As I said, I could talk to you about this for years, which I have, I think, a lot on this podcast. So realize that um, I work on it every day. And if you have any questions or you can relate or comments or anything, if you want to say, hey, hey, what's up, Busy? And what's up, Jeff? Yeah, send do. us a note. Tell send us your us experience. Note. I promise you I will write you back. I have to say that if you send me something on a social media platform because I'm not I'm not on there a ton, it's best to email me because I, I always look at my email. So again, you can follow me on those things. I do do quotes every day and I do, you know, do silly things, but I definitely am not looking on there for notes all the time. So send me a note at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. You got it. I'm going to send one right now. <laughs> okay. And if you're watching us on YouTube, maybe subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or on iTunes, um, subscribe there too, I think. I think if you want to. Sure, please. If you want to, or you can even go to our website and sign up on there. I think it might give you updates. I'm not positive, but you can go to busylivingsober.com too. And you can subscribe. So many easy ways to do it. So many easy ways to communicate. Mm -hmm. And so tough too, because we still have this disease that makes, you know, I got to live with my disease every day, just like anybody who has diabetes or you have some other horrible disease. We always have to li live with it That's in the right. day. Thank God so, it's not a heart condition. Yeah. So whatever you need to do today to take care of your alcoholism, your drug addiction, mm -hmm. do it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Okay. We love you guys. We love all of our followers. We love all of our listeners. I just want to say it's awesome to have everybody here. And um, until next time, keep getting busy living sober. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks Bye. so much for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. We are out. Bye.